Are you ready to get the body and health you've always wanted? It's time to do it. This is Bodies by Brent. Brent has been a personal trainer for 16 years, and now he's all yours. Interviewing the pros in health, wellness, and the fitness field. Get educated and motivated. Let's get to work. From Austin, Texas, this is Bodies by Brent. And this is your host, Brent Ruska. Welcome to another episode of Bodies by Brent. Uh, Tyler, welcome to the show. Yeah, man. Super pumped to have you on. Thanks for having me, dude. It's good to be here. Yeah. So you have a brand all based around 23 hours, right? That's right. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. So 23 hours, right? Where you have a fitness company. I have a fitness company. Totally. Uh, Fitness is great. I love fitness. Uh, I grew up, you know, playing sports, being active, and that was just always a part of my lifestyle, but I didn't realize the uh, characteristics and, and, and character traits that I was taking from sports, right? Coaches would teach us, you know, if you do the extra work, you make the extra progress, little things like that, that, uh, when I got into the real world as an adult, I really valued. And, uh, with that being part of kind of my story, I came into uh, fitness and got, you know, two degrees and was really excited about it and kept learning more and more about exercise science and nutrition. But eventually I was like, wait, I really, really like the other 23 hours, like the stuff that happens outside of the gym Okay, yeah. that the gym provides me, right? That one hour impacts the 23. Um, and that's kind of what led me to creating 23 hours. Sweet. So talk to me, what are the other things in the 23 hours? Man, talk about like the pillars of life, right? Um, pretty simple. I mean, you think most people have families, right? Family's one of them. Relationships, okay? Whether it's a significant other, um, whatever you're into these days, um, huh, it's kind of funny, <laughs> sorry, uh, a special a somebody. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's special. Some more <laughs> yeah. three. I don't know. Yeah. Like I've seen a, you know, or a community of yeah. special people, <laughs> <laughs> depending on what you're into, obviously, yeah. whatever um, your health needs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so relationships are big, right? Family, totally. significant other. And then you've obviously got food, right? And the other 23 hours, what foods you're consuming, you know, how much do you sleep? If you really broke down the 24 hours, like you sleep one third of the 24, right? So you only have two thirds to get everything else that you want to get done, including your workouts, your career. And uh, the career is a big one for me, like the personal development side of fitness. And that's really what 23 hours is about is forging a new mindset and cultivating the habits that make you successful in the other 23 hours of life, right? That one hour, if you learn better discipline there, if you learn how to do an extra rep there, you make an extra sales call at work, right? And that's that kind of relationship is really where I've seen the impact with a lot of my clients. That's cool. So talk to me about developing that mindset. And I know you're a big on goal setting, and I think you have some kind of specific structure in how you like to do that. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, and, you know, I want to keep it like folks on fitness, right? Because I want to speak from that in which I don't know. Okay. And for me to sit here and be like, oh, I'm a multimillionaire, yada, yada, yada. Like, yeah, those are my aspirations, 100%. Um, however, I'm not there yet. Right. But I do know that, you know, 5% of the population in America has 95% of the wealth. Right. And, and it's funny to, to look at statistics on goal setting and to see that like 70 to 80% of the people that set goals 
tend to be in that 5%, wow. right? So it's like, okay, well, successful people set goals, so let's learn how to set goals, right? So goal setting is huge. Um, knowing what you want, getting clarity on what it is that you're after. It can be in your health, it can be in your relationships, it can be in your career, but really like setting a target and then pursuing that one thing. Um, Gary Keller has a book, The One Thing. Okay, I'm a big reader and I'm just nerding out on that book. Like this week, it's just been awesome. I'm already on like chapter nine because he talks about how, you know, you don't need discipline to be successful. And I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah. What did, yeah, yeah Gary, tell me about that more. Yeah. So like Gary Keller is uh Keller Williams, okay. right? It's one of the largest single family real estate companies in the world. Okay. And it actually started here in Austin, which is really cool. Oh. Um, I think he actually lives here. I also plays guitar, so I have a man crush on him. I can't tell. <laughs> Dope. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you're into, right? Yeah, whatever you're into. <laughs> So in his book, like he talks about how being disciplined in the things that don't matter is pointless, right? Like what if you're, you're really focusing on shoulders and you want to build your shoulders because your legs are just naturally built, right? And every time you go to the gym, you're doing leg press and you're really disciplined at doing leg press. Are you making progress towards that one thing? No. Yeah. But you are exercising, right? So it's not a bad thing. So it's just getting specific, man. It's it's having clarity yeah. on what it is that you want and setting targets. So would you say you work with clients, obviously, huh? Yeah, absolutely. And mostly fitness clients or it's a mix? Yeah, so both. Um, I uh, I started in the industry about eight years ago. Cool. I'm um, training people at apartment complexes in college when I was studying um, for my undergraduate in exercise science. And uh, that led me to strength and conditioning. I worked with uh, the Texas State football team. Uh, for an off season as an intern. Um, and then I went into training collegiate and professional athletes in the private strength and conditioning industry. But at the same time I was doing that, I went to the University of Texas to get my master's degree and I was training general population clients too, just fitness stuff. Um, that's when I was kind of introduced to entrepreneurship from a mentor of mine and slowly pivoted my way out of strength and conditioning and working for somebody else to working for myself in which there was a huge mindset shift that had to happen for me to even like Start thinking like that, right? Start thinking differently. And, uh, you know, my fitness journey during that period of time was always, you know, personally, it was always there. I was still building my physique. I was getting lean. I was getting bigger. I was eating good. You know, I was performing at a high level. And then I started my first, like, brick-and-mortar business that required, like, 90% of my time when I graduated with my master's degree. Yeah. And when I did that, my physique went to shit. Like, I got... I actually had to lose weight for the first time in my life. Whoa, and it was okay. so cool to have that experience. Uh, I got up to like 242 pounds from 220 where I was kind of lean. I was probably around 10 or 11% body fat at 220. So I looked pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I easily got to 242 at like 20% body fat, like in the matter of six months without even really knowing what's going on. My activity level decreased. I was sitting at a desk banging out calls, you know, 10, 12, 14 hours a day. And I didn't realize that I needed to lower my calorie intake. I didn't realize that I needed to be more intentional about my step count. I didn't realize like simple habits that I was neglecting every day that was quickly packing on the pounds. And when that happened, I kind of transitioned my personal business to serving entrepreneurs and busy executives who work long hours and think, oh man, I don't have time to get fit without sacrificing performance at work. And I'm there to be like, hey, no, 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 you just need to tweak a few things and you can look like you did when you were in your early 20s. You can look like you did when you were, you know, in high school, when you were an athlete. Yeah, and, that's, a, uh, that's a tricky thing trying to, yeah. When you got all the time in the world to train like an athlete and eat super well, it's one thing. But 
yeah, when you're really busy and it takes a lot of mental and emotional energy in your drain, like how do I create a strategy to get back in shape? Yeah. Right. So those are the kind of guys you work with, just like high level performance, you know, entrepreneurs, business owners, all that. Absolutely. So what are some of the things you start to help them implement that seems to kind of create a lot of progress right away? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and, and for anybody listening to this too, I just want to be very clear. Like, I'm not a guru. Um, I just have a unique experience and, and the knowledge that I have is great. And I've been fortunate to get a lot of it in a very short period of time at a very young age. But this is like my conclusion that I've come to, right? So I always urge others to come to their own conclusions, right? Don't be the product of somebody else's conclusion. Be the product of your own. Do your due diligence. Do your research. Talk to enough different people. Find a mentor. And then, you know, get clarity on what it is that the best path is for you to take. But I'll share with you what I think. Somebody listening to this, they come across it. They're busy. They're stressed out at work. Maybe they have kids, right? And they're at the point where they're like, I don't have time to get fit. I don't have time to achieve optimal health right now. It's just not a priority, right? Yep. That's the typical person that comes to me. And the first thing I'll do with them is I'll sit down and I will I'll essentially look at their calendar, right? I'll be like, hey, like, what are you doing with your time? That's really what I need to know. And, you know, most of them are busy, man. Like, I look at it and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, you're like maybe three or four sessions a week. Can you commit to that? And they're like, yeah, I could do three workouts a week because they're expecting me to be like every day, bro, grind, grind, grind. And I'm not that guy. It's just not feasible because I'm an entrepreneur myself. I understand like there's days where going to the gym is actually detrimental and pushing yourself at a very, very high level. It's not good every day, especially when you got the mental stress of trying to build a business and, and financial stress. And you're also like sacrificing time with family. I understand those things. So that's, I kind of do a time analysis and we see what is a reasonable solution or plan of action for them to take given their circumstances. That's a great first step. And so once you've, you know, looked at their schedule and you, you know, figure out those time slots, then what's the kind of the next step? So after we get, okay, so they're working with me, you know, a month and they're hit, they hit three to four sessions a week. I wrote them up for them, custom exercise programming. Um, and it's all specific to their weight goal, their fitness level, their injury history, all that great stuff. Okay. That's cool. You hit three to four sessions. What's the next step, right? Nutrition, right? And that's like a topic where like, well, I got a meal prep now that takes three hours every Sunday. No, 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 no. It's also custom. It's got to be based off their circumstances, right? What have you been eating? What do you typically eat? Can you just like write down everything you put into your mouth over the next three days so I can look at it for you? And we'll just fine tune a few things with busy people that maybe we can tweak or adjust to where they start making progress at a higher rate. I kind of it's like a habit stacking, right? Like Mm -hmm. I can't say do five things this week and they're all new things to you, right? We can't build five habits at one time. We focus on one habit at a time. And then once that thing becomes routine for you, now we add another one. And the next one is typically nutrition. Yeah. And I think that's really important for people to understand is just start with one thing at a time until it's solidified. Yeah. Right. You try to implement too many things. It's you're never, you're going to constantly be restarting. Absolutely. And there might be 1% that can white knuckle it and get good results, but eventually that shit's going to fall apart. Absolutely. Right. So at first figuring out when they're going to work out second, building a nutrition, like planning and meals that work specific to them. Absolutely. Right. And then what is kind of like the third step? For sure. The next thing we're going to really focus on is recovery. Okay. Cause at this point, you know, 
and, and Gary Keller writes this in his book too, willpower, right? You only, the human, you can't rely on willpower because it's like the a battery in your phone. Okay. So if you're like using a hundred percent of your willpower every single day, but you're not taking time to recover, recuperate, reset, what ends up happening is that you, your ability to use that willpower to get things done diminishes. Okay. And that's when you start experiencing like fatigue, burnout, lack of motivation. And I've been there before too. Like it's the biggest thing for people that I typically, you know, work with. They're already drivers, right? They set, they're already setting goals. They're probably going after massive dreams. So for them, the third thing we have to focus on is like, Hey man, when can we pump the brakes a little bit, bro? Right. And it's, it's a hard conversation to have, but they have to understand like the longevity and, and the fact that like, your physique and your health is only as good as everything else that's going on in those other 23 hours. Okay. So we have to prioritize, we have to plan, but most importantly, dude, we got to set time aside to just do nothing to just sleep, right? Sleep's a big one, right? Oh yeah. And I have a sleep rule and I guess I can share this with you guys Yeah, I love it. that I love. And I struggle with this. If, if, as a matter of fact, if somebody listening to this can do this and they send me a message and they're like, Hey man, I did it for a week. I'll give them like a $50 Amazon gift card Sweet. because this is hard to do, okay? Three, two, one. It's the three, two, one rule for better sleep. Okay. Three hours before you go to bed, okay? Don't eat, okay? Don't, don't, don't consume any food, okay? Actually, let's reverse that. I was wrong. Three hours, <laughs> okay. stop work. That's why it's hard for me. Yeah. Three hours before sleep, no more work. Yeah, super hard okay. for me too. Like trying to disconnect from YouTube and stop taking in information. Yeah. Uh, you got to turn your brain off. Yeah. That's, I know. That's a struggle for me for sure. It's hard. Okay. It gets harder. Two hours, <laughs> okay, no yeah. food. Okay. So now you can't eat. Yeah. All right. And then one hour before sleep, no screens. Okay. And most people are already like, oh, I usually watch like Netflix to like wind down literally 30 minutes or 15 minutes before I go to bed. So now I'm saying, hey, if you can go an hour without any screens before you get into bed, then you've done the three, two, one. That's freaking great. So now all the busy people listening to this that are like, I don't think I really need that much sleep or sleep's really not that important. Why is sleep important? Like, why do you really nail, like you, you came up with this whole protocol, obviously, because sleep is important to them making progress, but why do they need sleep? Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't come up with it. I learned it. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I don't come. Everything's like reshared, reshared, right? We're just absorbing and then like kind of packaging it into our own frameworks. But I learned that from, uh, from Dr. Matthew Walker. He wrote a book called why we sleep. Oh, that's a great fucking book. Yeah. Right. So you, you read that and you kind of get like, Oh man, sleep's really important. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, but instead of going and reading that book, just understand that like third world countries or really anywhere else other than first world, you know, the information age that we're in where we're constantly consuming information all day, they typically nap at noon. Like it's non-negotiable. They sleep eight hours a night and they also take a 30 minute to an hour long nap in the middle of the day. That's like unheard of in the U S right. I can't even imagine doing that. A lot of, I mean, you probably hear this all the time. It's like, I could never nap. I couldn't, I would just, I would, it's not possible. No. And it, we're all caffeinated too, right? Like it's just caffeine, caffeine, caffeine. Yeah, just it's amped. Like, yeah, man. So running on credit cards. <laughs> yeah, literally, man. We're yeah. buying time. Yeah. And, and in doing that and constantly trying to buy back our time, we're really diminishing it in the future because your productivity decreases, your ability to get anything done. I mean, there's so much psychological research to show that people that burn the candle at both ends for any extended period of time 
end up underperforming over the long term. Like oh, it's, no. there's no question about that. Oh, my own personal experience of just building different businesses in the past and being highly caffeinated and then working all the way up into the moment I need to go to sleep and then waking up in like six hours, repeat that for three years. You're, it's going to take you and you can't recover from that in a couple of weeks. Like you, it's a literally like a six month process of kind of regenerating your whole health and fitness again. Yeah. So it's very important to slowly start to work on getting your sleep back under control. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes look, it's not like, Oh, get eight hours a night, seven and a half minimum, man. If you're sleeping four right now, get six. Get an extra two, and that's still not good enough, and you know that, I know that, but hey, that's progress, yep. right? So let's reward people for that progress, and let's allow people to give themselves the you know gratification, self-gratification, like, hey, man, you're doing a great job. Like, thanks for taking care of yourself. And I think just in the health industry right now, like, it's so gray. It's like gray lines everywhere where people are like, oh, well, I cannot do this, but I can do this because I'm this person, and it it, that's right. Like it is specific to you. So if you're listening to this and you're like, there's no way I can do seven and a half hours. I have kids, I have two jobs and I'm trying to build this side business while trying to achieve my dream physique or, you know, obtain a higher quality of life. Yeah. You might not be able to get eight hours and guess what? That's okay. Eventually you will be able to, but once again, we have to get clarity on what matters now and we have to create a plan to get there. I love that, man. Uh, talking about dream physiques. Mm. walk me through how does one begin working on getting a dream physique because we're coming up on summer yeah it's on the way body, baby right so what are things people should be focusing on if they have time and things they shouldn't be focusing on there's a lot of i know with instagram now there is so much insane information and it seems like everyone is a professional or like an expert and it's just reels and igtv and youtube videos pumping out so much yeah. information. So like, I want to cut through some of that and like boil it down to like, you know, five things to focus on when you're trying to build muscle and get leaner and just look good for summer. Yeah. I love that question. That's a hard, hard question, but oh, I yeah, think I'm definitely. ready for it, dude. Okay. I think I'm ready. And I want to hear <laughs> yours too. Um, first thing, what would we say? Right. It depends on where the person's at. Okay. So I kind of, subcategories if we could pick three yeah so like i think what we should focus it on is there's people who are just getting through the pandemic they haven't done anything mm -hmm. they put on a bunch of weight and they're like okay my gym's open back up i have three to five hours to commit to doing exercise right and i can start being more intentional with my food uh, I think those are that's kind of like a good type of person to focus on. Cool. Or maybe somebody who has a little bit of an athletic or worked out in the past. They've just kind of gotten off of their habit of working out. Again, because pandemic and working from home. And maybe they're just you know mentally or emotionally not doing super well because everything that's been going on. Yeah, the world's been on fire. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, for me, I think just, you know, you need to be lifting weights, like lifting weights or doing some kind of resistance training is going to be a key pillar. And yes, sir. right. So, you know, everybody's going to have different access to different things. So it really depends. So if you can get like a gym membership, that's kind of like your first yeah. step in that process. That's simple. Yeah. Get a gym membership. And, you know, if you're vaccinated, even better. Right. Um, we don't have to talk about COVID, but personally, you know, I think it's kind of funny that like 
one of the first things the whole world did is shut down health centers. It was like, hey, we have a flu-like virus, like, and people are getting sick. Let's just eliminate anybody's ability to do like the three things that create optimal health. Yeah, totally. So that's a conversation for a different day. Uh, well, I'll tell you this. When I was in Seattle, I knew something was fishy when they left the pot shops open, mm. and those were considered essential yeah. in the liquor stores. But the private gyms that were not full of a lot of people were shut down. Yeah. And then to me, that's a little, maybe uh, Papa government doesn't really have our best interests in health. And that's my personal <laughs> opinion. That's not necessarily Tyler's. So that's all on me. <laughs> hey, based off of the, the little scenario you just shared with me, I would agree that it does appear to be that way. <laughs> suspicious. Uh, <laughs> a little suspicious. There might be something else going on here. <laughs> For sure. Uh, so, yeah, assuming they get a gym membership and they're comfortable going, um, which I hope that you are. You know, I hope that you are. Um, your health is important to you. Exercising and moving your body daily is so important to you. Um, and, and, you know, obviously I pray and hope that nobody gets the virus by going to the gym. Uh, I haven't heard any stories yet of anybody going to the gym and getting Corona, by the way, not yet. No. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers on that, but, um, second step, what would it be? I would say, I mean, what are you eating? That's it. Like, especially when it comes to, Hey, we got what, two and a half months for summer. What are you putting into your body? And I've found 90% of the time people are underfeeding, right? So, they're either eating way too little on a daily basis, okay, meaning that their body is in this state, they've metabolically adapted, not to get scientific or confusing, to a lower energy output, right? The body is smart. It's way smarter than us. So it's like, oh, you've been like not feeding us enough for such a long period of time. We're going to either A, conserve all the calories you give us and hold on to them, storm is fat, or B, going to expend less energy throughout the day okay i think people have like really really complicated this but like everything that i do with my hands right now as i'm talking i'm burning calories okay getting out of my bed in the morning burning calories digesting a meal i'm burning calories my heart pumping blood without me having to think about it requires calories your brain thinking requires calories it's crazy your, your brain is like one uh 20th of your entire body like if you do it in terms of mass Dang. and it consumes like almost, you know, way more than that in calories. If you, it's kind of weird if you think about it, but yeah, there's all these other exercises. Not the only way you burn your calories. That's not, it's actually like the, the, yeah. In the Apple watches. Oh, people will be like, Oh, I burn a thousand calories during my workout. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> your tracker is not right. Yeah. Like marathon yeah. runners running at a five mile pace for 24 miles in a row might burn a thousand calories in 30 minutes. Yeah. And the reason I also don't like why people like track all their calories all the time is because then they're like, well, then I can eat this other thing. And it's like, you know, rewards for movement. It's like, you got to get out of that headspace. You got to yeah. get a little more dialed in with just like be more active, eat well, be in a caloric deficit and start to let body fat come off if that's your goal. But don't be like, oh, I did an extra workout. So now I'm just going to like eat more food. It's it's not it's not like a one to one accuracy. You don't want to get into that. No, absolutely not. It's not like, oh, I worked out this morning so I can have a donut. I think that's what you're saying, right? Yeah. Also, it's very inaccurate when you're lifting weights and it says you burn so many calories. It is not factoring in all the other metabolic processes, 
hormone changes and then the after effect of your yeah. metabolism being raised. So like it just, just stay away from people. Yeah, exactly. yeah, right. Once again, people have this watch that's supposed to be like super intuitive yeah. and all it does is just create more confusion. Like that's all it does. Totally. So don't worry about what your watch says. Okay. Get with a coach. Okay. That would be their step. Number two. Okay. Number one is to get a gym membership. Yep. Number two, get a coach. Okay. Yep. There's trainers at that gym. There's plenty of trainers online who are willing to serve and help you at a very high level and can just clear all of this up for you. Because if you go and try and do it on your own, it's going to be summertime and you're going to be in the same spot, if not in a worse spot than you were before. And you're never going to be able to get that time back, right? Time is your most valuable asset. So condense time by hiring a professional who can clear all of this up for you is what I would say. If not, then pay attention to what you're putting into your body. Focus on like 70, 30, 80, 20, right? 80% good foods, 20% bad foods, okay? I drink beer. I drink tequila, bourbon. I eat desserts. I, I have a really good life, okay? And I'm also still making progress towards my dream physique. I don't believe in elimination diets, meaning, oh, no carbs, right? Or no that food, no alcohol for 30 days. Because what happens when people do that, yes, that's great, but then they relapse. And they relapse hard, Okay. I agree. So it's just, you got three months to do it before summer. Find a plan for three months that you can commit to and understand that nutrition is complex, man. It's really complex, but to simplify it in the best way I can, you know, do the Harris Benedict equation to, to guesstimate your BMR, which is your basal metab- metabolism, right? Yep. Do that, get a number and then multiply it by an activity f- factor. Okay. This is, this is getting complex, isn't it already? No, it's good. Uh, 1.375. So take that number, that Harris Benedict equation. You can literally Google that and it'll pull up a calculator for you. If you move, if you work a desk job, multiply it by like 1.15. Okay. And you don't work out. You have a very low activity level. Okay. And this is all in the equation as well. 1.375 for somebody who works out, but has a desk job. 1.55 for somebody who uh, has a pretty labor-intensive job and also exercises three to four times per week. And then, you know, 1.75 would be somebody who has a manual labor job and also works out at a very high intensity, you know, four to five times per week. That'll pop out a number, okay? And numbers matter. Everything is numbers, okay? I have that number that's powerful. I now know with my age, my gender, you're going to have to pick a gender here, guys. I'm sorry. Uh <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> whoa. Um, no, you will. Like, because if, if you're a man, you burn more, right? And if you're a female, you burn less. So it's important to know that because you're going to want to pick um, that. You're going to know your age. You're going to know uh, what are the other things? Height. You're going to do your height, and then it's going to pop out a number, and you're going to be like, oh, there's so many calories I burn on a daily basis with my activity level factored in. This is super cool. But that's 3,000 calories. I only eat like 1,800 a day. Why am I not losing weight, right? How many people are in that position to where like 3,000 is the number that they need to eat? They're already in a deficit, a 1,200-calorie deficit, and they're not losing weight. Yeah. Well, what, usually what's happening too is they're under-eating so much that they can't actually train very hard in the gym, so then they can't actually make progress. Yeah. Right? Because if you're under-eating – Right. And you're probably also binge eating on the weekend or somewhere. So you're like thinking you're eating 1200, but you're probably binging somewhere else. So you're very, 
very tired. You can't train very hard, so you can't make progress in the gym. Therefore, you can't really change your physique. Yeah. Right? And, yeah, go up to that number, but then over time as your body changes or doesn't change, you can start to pull from that number. The better way to kind of start to reduce calories if you're not making progress. I love that. Yeah. I love that, man. And, and like, habit stack it too, right? So the first one was get a gym membership. And start working out. Whatever that looks like to you. You mentioned resistance training, 100%. Optimize lean mass all the time, every day, every chance you can. On top of that, after about a month and a half of you know, kicking ass in your workouts, pat yourself on the back and then start looking at the nutrition stuff. Don't do, try and do them both at the same time. I agree, yeah. Hit the workouts first. Get that box checked for you know two weeks to a month and a half. And then when you're comfortable, be like, hey, that nutrition stuff, like, I want to I tackle that next. And then at that point, like, there's apps for it, man. Avatar Nutrition's here in Austin. It's a local company. Okay. They have an app that literally pops out the number for you and tells you what to eat. Um, You can hire coaches like you or me who will look at your nutrition for you. Uh, There's just so many options available in 2021 for people not to get stressed out or misled by this. Do not go on the internet and Google search for nutritional information. No. Just don't do it. You're going to get down a rabbit hole you're going to get confused by somebody who's sharing a story about something that worked for somebody else that is not relatable to you at all. And I see a lot of people do that. And, you know, at the end of the day, they end up coming to guys like you and me for help. And it's frustrating for me because I just wish it wasn't that way. And I wish that people, you know, kind of made the statement that I made at the beginning of this podcast, which is like, what I say is not truth. Do your own diligence and come to the you know product of your own conclusion. Yeah, exactly. We're just we're sharing our own experiences, things that have worked for different types of clients, right? But there are many strategies to getting to your goal. And so for you, when you're trying to get lean, right? You're trying to kind of like shed off, you know, body fat. What what do you what is your strategy? Your specific strategy? Like what do you do? So for me personally. Yeah, you just personally. Okay, cool. Because I think people probably be pretty interested. Yeah, like, yeah. strong, muscular dude, and you're like, okay, when I'm ready to get in shape for summer, like, here's the things I start to implement, and this is the process I go through. I'm doing it right now, literally. Okay, yeah, yeah tell yeah. me about it. So I am uh, a natural athlete. Okay, I've never used anything, any testosterone, no fat burners. I don't believe in any of that. Um you know, the, the anabolics work. I know people that do them and I have nothing against those people. I just, you know, personally, it's an integrity issue with me, right? If I have a dream physique and I've been pumping drugs into my body that have helped me attain that. And I'm out there on the internet saying like, Ooh, follow this diet or this workout program. That's a huge red flag to me. Like that is just lack of character on the entrepreneur's uh, side and he's misleading and misguiding so many people agreed it's the same as like models doing tons of filters and editing and getting all this stuff it's like you're presenting a false reality and it's really yeah it's just really sad too man and that's why i think you know guys like you and me really got to push and, and and promote hard because we are trying to do right by the consumers of this industry when the history if you study the history of physical culture you would understand People have been misguided since, you know, mail orders in the 1930s, right? Charles Atlas was one of the most successful fitness entrepreneurs um, in the early 1900s, and he was doing mail-ordered fitness programs, and that was great stuff. But then eventually, you know, you know, physique started coming into the scene. It got into the bodybuilding era. It got into, oh, now steroids are in America. They came from the Soviet Union. Now these guys are getting huge. Now there's a bunch of supplement companies promoting this, this, and this, and then now now we are today where it's like even 
diet culture has been poisoned by that. Um, the supplement industry has been ran by that since it existed. And nobody's really talking about like specifics to certain body types or anything like that. So I'm excited to see that transition over the next decade or two decades. Yeah, yeah. And I think guys like you, I got to give you some edification here, are on the front end of that. And by you starting this podcast and starting to share that information with people is really powerful, dude. So I got much respect. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Seriously, man. You got to keep doing it. But you asked me the question. I'm sorry. It was a No, man. Hole. No, I love that. Um, I just want people to be educated on like how the industry works. Like we're on the inside of it and we've been on the inside of it for you've two decades now, right? Yep. Me a decade. So, you know, we've seen these things and we've seen people come to us and we don't want that to be you. But what I would do, man, I'm, I ate a lot. For a long period of time because I was a natural guy. I got to 220 pounds of lean muscle. Um, I was, I'm 6'1", so that was a pretty good physique for me. Um, and then when I got there, I was really, really pleased with it. And I was like, hey, man, this is like literally a goal that I wrote down two years ago. And I'm sitting here looking in the mirror at 10% body fat at 220 pounds. Like, this is really cool. Dope. I did like a photo shoot. I have a bunch of photos from that period of time. It's a really cool experience. But when I achieved that, I was like, oh, what's next? And I was like, oh, let's keep going. Let's see how big we can get, right? Because I'm a meathead. At the end of the day, I'm a meathead. Yep. Um, and I went to 240. And the first time I did it, when I started the brick and mortar business, like I mentioned, I got to 240 the wrong way. I <laughs> yeah. looked awful. And I have pictures of that too. <laughs> uh, you I know think the- as all meatheads, we've all <laughs> gone to a very dirty, heavy, bulky weight. Yeah. It's kind of fun, but not for a long period of time. But like, when I went from 200 to 220, I tried to go from 220 to 240 with the same habits. But I didn't take into account that now I was like a super busy entrepreneur that had high stress and wasn't sleeping. And like, it just looked completely different when I gained that 20 pounds. Yeah. And uh, you know that feeling where you sit down and like you're, it's not even like your belt buckle is uncomfortable. It's that like it was one roll at one point hanging over the belt buckle, but now it's like three. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. oh man, this is not good. Like, yeah. So I, I got like to walk that place. into your car and you're kind of breathing heavy yeah. a little bit. And you're like, oh, this is not, I'm sweating a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, your girlfriend mentions that you're, you just smell more often. <laughs> you're growing hair and weird. No, not really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I got to that place and then I had to cut back down. Okay. Because it like, I had to recomposition myself back to a point where I could enter a caloric surplus again without looking like shit. Yep. Um, so that was probably a year ago. I got back down to 225. And then I built my way back up to 240 over the past year. Nice. And that was really fun. I did it the right way. Um, I got to an uncomfortable body fat percentage, which is required of you. If you're going to build muscle naturally, you're going to have to be comfortable being uncomfortable for however long you want to be, right? I stayed there for a long time. I went six months in that high, high caloric surplus, eating a ton of food, pumping iron, having a higher body fat percentage than anybody would want, Okay. Now I'm at the point to where I've dropped into a deficit, okay? And I am, my workouts have stayed the same. They've actually been less. I've been focusing on steps and sleep. Step count every day. Ton of walking, nice. low intensity walking. If it's on a treadmill, great. If it's on an elliptical, cool. Most of the time it's with my two dogs. I walk my dogs all the time. Great. Um, I take my shirt off. I get some sun. I work on my tan. I take phone calls while I walk. Um, I do meetings while I walk. I do whatever I can to just get my activity level super, super high as my calories are progressively dropping. Okay. I think that's such a good note for people to like, you know, take that in that 
if you know where your calories at, start to make slight reductions and just start to increase your activity. Nothing crazy. Literally just going on a walk. Yeah. And doing other stuff at the same time. So you're being super productive. Yeah. You're starting to get leaner. Absolutely. And I have. I've lost over the past five weeks. since uh, It was right before the snowstorm where I started my first attempt at a deficit. It was a guess. Everybody's guessing. I guess that my, you know, my BMR was at this level because of the history I had of tracking numbers. Yeah, which is why numbers are important because if you have more data, you can start to hone in on like what you need when you're at a certain weight and you're performing six days a week at the yeah. gym versus three or whatever. Yeah. Right? So like if you go on vacation, you can come back and it's like you have all this data. Yeah. Right? And dude, that's so fun too. Like I want people to just get excited because like when you start learning more about your body, it just opens up a world of opportunity to you. Like you want to talk about motivation or inspiration to make change, just learn a little bit about this stuff. Continue listening to Brent's podcast, and I guarantee you, after hearing enough people's stories, you're going to be kind of fired up, right? It's not going to be hard for you to start this journey if you haven't started it yet. And, uh, man, it's really cool to see myself, like, my, as I sit here right now, like, I usually have, you know, something there. You know, five weeks ago I did. That's gone now. Awesome. It's gone. And I've worked out less, like I said. I've missed more gym sessions over the past five weeks than I have in the past year as a result of the winter storm and us getting out of our house and some business stuff that happened, it got really, really busy. And the whole time during that period, I knew that I was still in a deficit and I was still getting over 10,000 steps a day. So I felt good. I didn't feel like I was neglecting anything at the end of every day, which brings you peace of mind. And I've still seen results despite, uh, you know, a challenging few, few months now. So, yeah. So how do you track that? You know, you're changing. Do you take photos? Do you take weight? Yeah. Take measurements? What do you, what do you do? Good question. Um, so I weigh in about every other morning um, or every three days. Um, and it's typically on the same day every week, right? So like Monday mornings, I'm always heavier because my diet does change on the weekend just like with anybody. I might go out to dinner with family. I might, you know, higher sodium. I'm retaining more water now. So when I weigh in on Monday, oh, man, I'm 240 again. What happened? No, 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 no. By Wednesday, I'm 232, right? Yeah. Like at the weight that I'm at with the muscle mass that I have, I can easily fluctuate, you know, six to eight pounds in the matter of days. So don't get obsessed with the number on the scale is what I'm trying to say. If you do a super low carb diet, you're going to lose 10 pounds in a week. Yes, we know that. It's not surprising. No. You just burnt through all of your muscle glycogen. That's all that happened. Yeah. All your water has gone out of your yeah. muscle. You're flat. You're a flat tire. Yeah. And you can't get pumps. So your, your, your workouts are going to suck. But like, you got to know that, okay? So we just debunked that, okay? So it wasn't a low carb, okay? So like I look at that and I'm like, okay, I did actually decrease carbs this week because I did another reduction in total calories and a lot of that came from carbs. So I lost like three pounds. In my head, I'm like, whoa, I just lost way too much in a week. Did I just burn through all my muscle? And I'm like, no, 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 it's probably just water. Like it's okay. Yeah. My body will adapt. I'll stay here for another two weeks and wait. Be patient with the process. Yep. So, and then I compare my uh, progress photos. You mentioned it. I take a photo in the mirror, mirror selfie of my front, side, and back. Okay. Um, and I compare those. And I actually have it on my phone right now of the past five weeks. And it's really cool to see. Nice. Um, I sent it to all my friends. I was like, oh, dude, like I actually leaned out the right way this time. And everybody's like, yeah, good job, man. And it's. Uh, so you do one a week? I do one a week. Okay, yeah. yeah. Maybe one every two weeks. Okay, cool. I'm kind of weird when it comes to mirror selfies. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it it is strange taking a photo of yourself. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I get it. I yeah. totally get it. The but the more you do it, it's not not so bad. No, I'm starting to get more used to it. But 
Um, yeah, I mean, if you're listening to this right now and you're just uncomfortable in your skin, like taking that first picture for me was not easy. When I knew I looked like crap, I was like, I'm a coach. Like, I can't look like this, right? And like all of that self-doubt and criticism came in. And I was like, dude, listen, like you've been trying to build muscle naturally to a level at which most people never get to for for almost a decade now. Like, you should be proud of yourself. Like, even though you look like crap, it's okay. You're going to look better in the next few months, just be patient with the process. And, and you know, that, that mindset, fostering that mindset is not easy to do, but I'm telling you guys that you can, because I've done it and I'm probably the most self-critical, um, as a coach. I think that's important for people to understand is, you know, think of this long term and don't blow up your progress by getting super freaked out by you're not being where you want to be right now. Right. It's, yeah. Especially if you're, you know, natural and you're trying to change your physique, it takes time and it takes phases of gaining muscle, losing weight and being patient. Right. For sure. If you keep crashing and being like, I want results right away, you're going to keep recycling into no results. Yeah, man, that's so good. And that's like the, that's the mindset you asked me at the beginning. Like, what is the mindset? Well, like look at your business, bro. Is it not the same thing? Does it not take more time, energy, and effort than you probably think it's going to take to get to a certain level in business, in the business world? Oh, yeah. 100%. Take that same mindset and look at the gym. It's the same thing with your physique. Like, all right, let's talk about getting rich quick. If anybody here's ever gotten an opportunity, came across their desk where it was like, I'll show you how to make 10000 a week uh, in the next six months. And you're like, oh, sounds great. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Did it work? Nah, no, it probably didn't work. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and, and if you did get that money really, really fast, right, you fell into a million dollars tomorrow is wealth really about making the money or is it about knowing what to do with it once you have it and investing it? Right. Totally. So it's the same thing with your physique. Uh, you know, take that concept and look at it like, OK, if I if I lose the weight super, super quickly, is that a good thing? What do you say? No, no. Because A, it's not sustainable, and B, you have no idea like how you really even got there. Yeah. You just followed some thing and didn't take the time to figure out like what you need to do. Yeah. Also, the results are probably not quality. Anything that comes fast like that, it's not gonna stay around. Like the best example I can think of is like biggest loser. They put these people on like super crash diets, yeah. like eight hundred calories. They work them out like three to four hours a day on cardio. They make, they drop 200, 100 pounds or something insane in almost what, 90%. I can't remember what it is. Like almost every single one of them regains the weight and more. Yeah. So that should tell you that's a horrible approach. That's yeah. literally a case study on like how not to lose weight. Absolutely. And make it stay off. Yeah. Don't do that. And it's okay. There'll, there'll <laughs> always be people that like end up in that trap. Like it's, it's inevitable. And there'll always be people that hear this and they don't do anything with the information as well. Right. Yeah. That's okay. Just understand that, like, we warned you, and and we understand that, like, you know, patience with the process, that mindset's not just going to help you with your physique. It's going to help you with your relationships. It's going to help you with your business, your career. Something, some things are just going to take longer than you wish it to take. But yeah. you got to honor the struggle, right? That's a huge mindset that I foster in all my clients is, like, honor the struggle. You didn't get results this week. Your body weight did not change. You're not pleased with the way that you looked in your progress photo. Guess what, buddy? We still got to stack bricks this week. Yep. We still got to do the work. I know you don't want to, and I know it's hard to continue taking action when you're not seeing a reward, 
But hey, you got to honor the struggle here, man. Like that is the only way out is through the work. I hundred, yeah. I I'm on the same page with that. One thing I'll say to my clients is like, you got to like love being in the plateau. It's like even though you don't necessarily see change happening, you're actually making progress. And that that drop off, that progress little chunk of whatever you're trying to achieve, maybe it's like a couple pounds, maybe it takes three weeks of work of no change. And if you stop at week two, you're never going to get that drop on week three. Like you got to live and be okay on that plateau and just keep going. Yeah, live it's hard to the do struggle, that, right? man. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, if you were on a boat in, in like the 1800s and you're coming to America... Okay, let's get let's get like a pilgrimage with it. <laughs> okay, you're coming overseas, and like the boat, the wind stops, so the boat stops moving forward at at the rate you wish it did. Mm-hmm. Would you just jump off the boat and say, "No, I'm gonna swim"? No, obviously, I wouldn't do that either. Yeah, but like that's the same thing. You mentioned the plateau, especially in a deficit. Man, there's gonna be weeks that you might not lose weight. And you might not see any difference, but you have to stay the course. Because once again, if you pivot, you change, you jump off the boat, you lose that data, you lose that progress, and, and you go off the plan, right? Especially if you're working with a professional, they have a plan. They've got a vision for your next six months of working with them, maybe even a year if they're you know a great quality coach. Trust the process. Stay bought into it because I guarantee you if you stack enough of those bricks over time, you've got a really strong foundation Next thing you know, you've got a wall up, you've got four walls, now you've got a house, and it is yep. a beautiful house. It's a house out here in Bee Caves, Texas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and here's the thing is, even if they're not that great of a coach, or it's not that great of a program, if you just stay focused on a program that you know has you semi-eating well and working out consistently, and you just buy into it for the next three to six months, it's going to lead you somewhere that you aren't now. And then when you get there, you're going to be in a different place. And then you can pivot to something else that might be better suited for you. And that's really how the fitness journey kind of goes. Like, I don't know where you began, but I just did a 90-day body for life thing that was like, lift weights in your garage. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And (laughs) like, go do sprints outside. And I've never done any of that. And then eat six meals a day. And like three of them were like EAS shakes. Yeah. Right? But it got me 50 pounds lighter. And then... Then when you get there and that stops working, you're like, okay, I understand a little bit more. That's not working. So that's just find something and commit to it yeah. and be patient with it. Yeah. Right? I love that, man. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad you got results from the uh, <laughs> ESA. Yeah, was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It tasted like chalky film. But yeah. I love those. I used to drink those as a kid you? all I, the time. I love the Met, Met RX ones. Those tasted yeah. better to me. Did you ever have those? They're like purple, right? No, they're... So EAS was the one that was made by like Sean and Bill Phillips. They had muscle and fitness magazine. Yeah. Right. And that was like the whole purple brand and they turned it into like a multi-million dollar company. Like I think they even had some like, it was all purple, but then MetRx was the brand that sponsored strongman events yeah. and you could only find red. Yeah. 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 M-E-T-R-X. Red and then white and there were the meal replacements. Yeah. Those were bomb. Yeah. Yeah. They have a, and then BSN came out after that. That was like the next big company. Yeah. And that's, that's the beginning of Eno Explode in all the pre-workout drinks. Yeah. It's like Jack literally 3D. the birth, birth yeah. of it. And that shit was great. Yeah, I know, <laughs> dude. Jack 3D, the OG. Like, it was like, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure it had, like, 
other stimulants in it, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. That was like, that's how the supplement company works, is like, this thing's illegal. Can we change a molecule ester of some sort? <laughs> and then it's like, name something else, and it does like three times the most extreme thing that the original illegal thing did. But it's a new like, name, so the like, FDA doesn't see it, and they're like, ah. Oh. You're like, is this the day I die? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've had probably like two or three panic attacks over like my workout career, like taking something and be like, oh God, this is too much. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. I love it. So just be careful out there, man, if yeah. you're listening to this. I haven't, I'm like, I don't know, I don't know if you're the same, but the longer you're in the industry, the less supplements and other products and things you buy, the more you start going to real food Yeah, and that's it. You start to become, I don't know, at least me, a minimalist when it comes oh, to yeah eating healthy and taking anything. Yeah. And like for the, the nutrition pillar we talked about, the second thing that, you know, I'd like to focus on with my clients is sometimes supplementation is the best route simply because they are either lack the time or they travel a lot to get access to high quality foods. And I would always want somebody, you know, to take the multivitamin and the fish oil if they're not getting that from their diet, but at least try and get it from their diet first. Yeah, right? great. Uh, protein supplementation, I'm a huge proponent of any type of whey, or if you're a vegan, they have tons of vegan solutions now too. Uh, making sure that you're just, you know, high-protein diets are just super vital, and there's so many supplements on the market to help you get protein in if you lack time or the resources to cook, right? So, you know, supplementation, it is a supplement to your diet. It is not your diet in itself. Yeah, you you shouldn't. Fifty percent of your diet shouldn't be coming from powder. No. Yeah, unless you literally are that one percent who just that's that's the only way. Yeah. A lot of times, so now I'm in a place where I don't really like eating that much. Yeah. So like when I try to get my protein numbers in, we can talk about like how much protein people should eat and why it's even important, men and women. Uh, I'll just like eat a pound of like ground turkey yeah. <laughs> in one sitting because I'm like. I don't really want to come back and do this later. Yeah. So I'm just like, let's get 170 grams in right now. Let's yeah. just go. And that's okay, right? Yeah, it's totally okay. I mean, I digest it. I feel great. So I'm yeah. fine. Uh, yeah. So talk to me about like protein requirements. So people always say like high protein diets or whatever, but like what's a kind of ballpark good range for people to be eating in grams of protein? That's a good question. Um, you know, anywhere from... Uh, I'd say 0.8 to 1.5 grams per pound of body weight. Um, if you're in a deficit and you're trying to retain lean muscle mass, which is the most important thing for you to focus on when you're in a caloric deficit, meaning you're eating less every single day than you're expending, right? So you're in a negative energy balance, okay? You're trying to lose weight. So in doing so, you're moving more and you're eating less. Protein needs to be really high at that point, okay? Um that's when you get to the upwards of 1.5 grams of protein per pound of body weight. Uh, that's really, really high protein intake, like super high. Uh, there is some concerns with like, you know, renal function and super high protein diets. All of that has been kind of debunked by research. Um, however, you know, high protein diets anywhere between, you know, one to one and a half grams per pound of body weight. Once again, in the literature of nutrition and body composition, those are king. Okay. They are king above any other diet you can follow. Okay, now what do you do with your carbs and fats? That's just whatever you're comfortable with, right? But once again, start with protein. If you go hire a sports nutritionist, they're, the first thing they're going to do for that athlete, okay, consider yourself an athlete. If you work out, you train, you're an athlete. You're an athlete in your life. The first thing they're going to do is determine your protein needs. 
Okay. And if you're resistance training, those protein, once again, should be higher. If you're an endurance athlete, you know, you can be closer to one gram per pound. If you're in a surplus, meaning you're eating a lot of carbs every day, a ton of fat, and you're just consuming more calories than you're expending because you're trying to gain weight, you need less protein because your body is using carbs for what carbs do for your workouts. And it's not converting those proteins into glucose to use for energy. That's a little bit more complicated, but I hope that makes sense. Also, you're not because you're not in a deficit, you never run the risk of using any muscle tissue as energy. There you go. Right? So you don't even have to really worry about it. Therefore, it's like, which seems kind of funny, is like when you're trying to gain, as long as you're in a caloric surplus, protein's actually not as important. Still important, but it's not as important when you're trying to lose body fat. Right. Yeah. And this is why it's really important for people to understand, like if you're vegan or vegetarian, nothing wrong with it, but it is much harder to maintain your muscle mass or build muscle because getting that protein in is very challenging because the amount of the, the amino acids you need is not as abundant in plant proteins that it is in animal source proteins yeah that's right so a you have to eat almost double to get the right amino acids what's branch chains yeah leucine you know uh, isoleucine and l-valine or whatever and then <clears throat> the bioavailability or the digestibility to even get the protein that is even in the plant is very hard to actually pull into your system They're not complete proteins so you're ending yeah. up almost having to eat double the amount of calories to get the same amount you would if you were just eating animal products yeah something like, to be aware of absolutely and if you are vegan like tofu is a complete protein that is uh vegan right okay cool uh tofu you can do black beans with brown rice that will get you a complete amino profile meaning that some of the stuff you just mentioned won't be a problem um but they have to be eaten at the same time together right because the amino acids the way they get digested in the gut and delivered um is it has to be coherent right so tofu you've got Black beans and brown rice. Not white rice and pinto beans, chipotle goers. I said black beans and brown <laughs> rice, okay? Um, and then there's a third food as well that slips my mind right now. But those are like the three vegan foods that you can eat to get a complete amino acid profile. Uh, however, if you're not doing that, like Brent just said, you're going to have to supplement if you want to eat a high-protein diet and you're vegan. And I think people get kind of mixed up with like the powders and they're like, how many scoops of this can I take a day? And I'm on the side of like, you know, I want it to come from your food. However, if you need to take six scoops of that a day and it's not filled with like artificial sweeteners and some other stuff that we can talk about, take six scoops of it a day, hit your freaking protein intake. Cause that's, what's going to matter for you come summertime. Yeah. And as long as you're not gassing up your house or whatever, and you feel okay and you're not like having bubble gut, then yeah, go for it. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I just don't want to eat, and I'm like, fuck, I'll have like three scoops and just one smoothie to get 60 grams, Yeah, right? And people need to know that it's not, it's it's fine, yeah. right? As long as it digests, it's fine, right? Uh, I wanted to get your opinion and thought on like the whole collagen protein craze going on right now. So like, just give me some of your thoughts on that. Cause yeah. Do you know, or do you not have I, any thoughts on I it? I do. I mean, collagen's essential, dude. It's really, really essential. Okay, um, so but like, so I have some clients that are like, should I get collagen protein over just regular protein? Like, I have no idea. I haven't been paying attention to any of that stuff in so long. Yeah. So I, when I worked at, um, at on it, I was a strength and conditioning coach there. They had a, they were coming out with a collagen product, and the formulator of that product is one of my best friends. 
Um, he's very knowledgeable about um, supplements, and I actually have um, a resource that I'd be happy to provide to your listeners if they want it. He wrote a uh, a supplement cheat sheet. Um, he's a PhD in body composition, cool, and he formulates supplements for a lot of brands in America. And I I reached out to him and I asked him uh, to to create like a cheat sheet for questions that you just asked because like it is really confusing. Like, what do I take? How much do I take? And why should I take it? He went through and created a document with all that stuff in it. It's a quick read. Um, so I'd be happy to send that to anybody who wants it. But um, he told me a little bit about collagen. and It is important, okay? Like, it, it, ha- it serves vital functions in the body. It is a protein that is not like the protein that helps you build muscle. Okay, cool. Okay, it helps with, like, ligaments. It helps with skin. It helps with a bunch of other stuff that, you know, I'm, like, kind of with you on that. I, I don't have the time anymore to focus on the, the micros, I focus on the macros, the things that's going to move the needle forward for the people that I serve, which for my people, they're not typically like the health nuts that are like, oh, I need to have like four grams of DHAs combined with three milligrams of this for optimal bioavailability. I'm like, dude, I don't even have time to think those thoughts on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah. So if they're like, hey, I'm should not I worried get, about it. Yeah. I would say like collagen's good, but it's not whey. Okay. It's not like a, a compete complete amino acid profile for lean mass, yeah. lean muscle mass. And that's the reason why we're talking about protein right now in the first place. Yeah. And I, I, so I think also what's more important is I see a lot of these collagen proteins or so I've been told is one scoop is like nine grams of protein. Uh-huh. If you're trying to get your protein numbers hit, you're never going to get there by buying a protein that's that expensive. So you would need to buy both. Pro- yeah. You would need to buy a yeah. whey and the collagen. Yeah. So buy, so definitely buy both. Well, I could keep talking to you forever, but I wanted to ask you one last question. If people want to connect with you or they want to work with you or they just want to follow you, I know you have a podcast too, like how do yeah. we how do we discover you? Man, um, you can uh, go on Instagram. I'm at, at gains with GERDS, okay, gains with GERDS, no underscores, just gains with GERDS without uh, the Z. It's with an S, all right? Okay. I'm a professional. Come on, okay. yeah. really? Hey. Uh, you guys can follow me there. I've, that's where I spend a lot of my time and in, in posting content and like storing stuff like that. I really enjoy it. It's a great way to connect with people. Um, very active in the messages. Um, always giving people advice and stuff like that. Feel free to reach out to me if questions, but continue listening. Like I said, to Brent's podcast, I really got to just edify him again. Um, I met him just literally probably a few months ago at a seminar, right? Yeah. He was there learning and he gave me his belt because uh, I didn't have my belt that day. And I hit a, a PR on my squat because of Brent. And uh, I just really respect him as a coach since I've gotten to know him over the past few months. And I uh, was even kind of with him talking about this podcast before it ever started. And just I'm really, really excited and pleased that you're doing that, man, because yeah, you man. are a very intelligent person. You've got a wealth of experience and you've got a good heart, too, I can tell. So I know that you're going to be able to help a lot of people. So I appreciate you letting me come on your show. Okay, man. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate it. Yeah. I want to have you back and we just shoot the shit again. Yeah, we can do it, man. And then I'll have you on my show as well. Yeah, let's do that. it. Yeah, Sounds I'm pumped. Good. All right, man. Thanks for coming. Thanks, dude. Thanks for listening to Bodies by Brent. Brent has been a personal trainer for 16 years, and he's going to be here to help you get the body and health you've always wanted. Thanks for checking out the show, and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. If you have an idea or topic for the show, maybe you want to be on the show, and you're interested in working with Brent, visit our Instagram at bodiesbybrentatx. See you next time on Bodies by Brent. Brent.